Welcome back to the Dealmakers Podcast Show with serial entrepreneur Alejandro Cremades, best-selling author of The Art of Startup Fundraising and co-founder at Panthera Advisors. In this podcast, we ask our guests about their successful acquisitions and financing rounds. Hey guys, so today's episode is brought to you by Zencaster. And I remember back in the day where I was looking at putting together Zencaster, I was looking for a solution that would really help me in putting things together. And essentially, this is what allowed me to bring deal makers to life. I mean, basically, Zencaster, what it is, is an all-in-one solution where you just send the link to the person that you're looking to interview. Essentially, they would plug in their computer with their video, with the audio, and then basically you are good to go. You would just piece everything together, give it to your audio engineer, or even edit it yourself, and you are off to the races. Now, if you're looking at getting into podcasting, you should definitely check Zencaster out. And you could also get a 30% discount. And this is a discount code that you will be able to redeem by going into Zen, and that is csnzebraen.ai forward slash dealmakers and then number zero. And lastly, you know, I was very much blown away when I found out that investing in wine has been one of the best kept secrets amongst the ultra wealthy. And this is now not the case anymore. You know, I came across this solution, which is called VinoVest, and they are a great, great solution that allows you to diversify investing by implementing or including wines into your portfolio. I mean, take a look at this. Wine has one third of the volatility of the stock market, and yet it has outperformed the global equities market over the past 30 years with 10.6% annualized revenues. So it's a really good way to diversify your portfolio. And you could also get two months of free investing by just going into the Send and that is csnzebraen.ai forward slash dealmakers. And by just going there, you will be able to redeem your discount. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dealmaker Show. So super excited about our guest today. I mean, obviously, another fellow entrepreneur from Spain. What can I say? It's always nice to have uh, other Spaniards that are around the world. Uh, and I think that in today's episode, we're going to be learning a lot about building, scaling, financing, product market fit, rounds of financing that happen, uh, almost going out of business because of uncertainties. But I think that you're definitely going to find a lot of adrenaline in our episode today. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome our guest today, Lucas Martinez. Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks a lot, Alejandro. Very, very excited to be uh, to be here today. and. Uh and share my, my, my story and, uh, and our experience to the to your listeners. So obviously, originally really uh, raised from Spanish parents, parents that uh, did uh, travel quite a bit for work uh, and left uh, Spain uh, in many different areas. But, but, but I guess, tell us about your upbringings, because I'm sure that that really shaped the way you know, that you see life and, and as well as your personality. So give us that walk through memory lane. How was a life growing up? Yeah. So listen, I was born and raised in, in, in Geneva, in Switzerland. So Switzerland is an amazing place uh, to grow up. You know, when you are from, uh, you know, from, come from parents, like come from immigration, 
you know, like you have so much social mobility, healthcare is amazing, public schools are amazing. Uh, because it's a small country, you end up being with like the poor kids, the middle kids and the richer kids in the same schools, you know, and so it pushes you up, right? And so uh, I've been extremely fortunate to be to be born in this country. I've been able to to study there. And at a young age, I, I played sports. I actually played table tennis uh, and I, I played Olympic qualifying, so a lot of European championships and world championships at the time. So that get that gave me the travel bug, you know, like from 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 the beginning. And so, uh, as much as I, I absolutely loved Switzerland and, I, and how much lucky I was to be there, uh, after graduating, I really wanted to see the world. And so, this is where this is when I decided to actually leave Switzerland, and uh, and I ended up in, in 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 London, in the UK. And there, actually, is where you did your studies too in in Liverpool too. I mean, you did your your masters there. I mean, you went to college there in Geneva. But but one of the things that uh, that I wanted to ask you, I mean, obviously, one is how do you think it's it's shaped you really like uh, being all over the world because you've been quite all over the world. That will be number one. And then I think that that coupled with that table tennis that you were alluding to, I think that that also gave you like the intensity and the competitiveness that as an entrepreneur you always have in you. you know? Yeah, no, definitely. Like to 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 second that, I think like uh, we like to hire athletes, and uh, no matter what the sport, no matter the activity, right? It shapes you, it shapes the mentality, this competitiveness from the one to want to win all the time, and 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 be ready to do whatever you have to do, you know, training, and 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 and, and so this mentality that you get from sports uh, is is exceptional in business as well, and I think that I've been you know like that 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 really shaped me from 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 the get go, and so. Yeah, and 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 the traveling. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been a huge traveler, and so from day one, I think I love languages. My my three languages that I speak today are English, French, and Spanish. And and so for me, like the more languages you speak, the more lives you live, right? The more the more the more cultures you 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 understand, right? And so my first job there in London actually was uh, was as an ERP, an Oracle consultant, and so. It was an inter- I was an internal consultant. I was implementing pretty much uh, ER, uh, Oracle all around the world. So they first sent me to Taiwan, uh, traveling in Taipei and all regions around Taiwan. We went. We had the luck to travel pretty much around Southeast Asia. Then we went. We spent nearly eight months. So in Taiwan, then we went to uh, to New Zealand, in Australia. Spent a lot of time, like uh, close to like eight, again close to eight months there. Uh, ended up in Ireland uh, for a few months, and then and then in the U.S. between Texas and New York. So uh, from day one, I, I I knew that I wanted to travel, and so I was uh, I was extremely fortunate to be able to keep on doing that. And and I mean, you did it, it working as as you were alluding to. I mean, first in London, then you worked in Dubai. Now, one thing that is very interesting here is, I mean, you were you were doing first the consulting, then the business development. But it's funny how coming from Spain, I mean, Spain, especially, you know, during during the years that, that you and I, you know, have been born, I mean, now entrepreneurship is like more normal, right? And it's not like you need to become a banker or a lawyer in Spain to be well viewed. I mean, back then, uh, especially, I mean, you've been at it for, for a while, you know, since 2011, maybe it was not as popular uh, being an entrepreneur as it is today. But But how was that leap of faith where you ended up saying, you know, in EF Education, where you were working at, hey, I'm going to give my leap of uh, or, or my or my notice and really get started with building something on my own. I mean, how was that transition? What was that incubation process to really getting started with uh, with Talent.com? Yeah, so I think it was from day one. I always been extremely, extremely 
attracted to entrepreneurship. I think that when I was already in college, I would say like, you know, like I would love to create something. Before it was sports, I didn't have the time to think about those things. But when I kind of stopped playing, it was like, okay, what's the next big thing for me? And I was like, always about entrepreneurship. And so I, I, I grew up like with a college friend, uh, extremely close friend of mine, who's the co-founder of the company today. His name is Maxime Drou. Um, and, uh, and, you know, like well, after college, you know, he was, he was in the UK as well, um, uh, working there in, uh, in finance, well, finance. And he had a very close friend of his that grew up in Geneva as well. Part of his life in Geneva, that was from Montreal in Canada and who like she left back to, to Montreal in Canada. And so it was told me about like he, uh, him and, you know, like, his ideas, uh, entrepreneurship ideas and endeavors. And so I was at the time working in Dubai and I started a career in, in, in B2B sales. And uh, when, you know, when we, Maxime was actually telling me about like this, this, this amazing guy that had this, all those ideas. Um, and so he told me like, man, you, you have to, you have to meet him. I want to, I want to invest in him. I, I will invest in him. You gotta, you gotta meet him. Uh, and so I, I traveled to Dubai, uh, to Montreal and uh, Ben, who was, uh, who had the original idea, uh, pitched me the idea. And I was always been like, uh, extremely attracted to the to the employment industry and the job industry in general, and I thought, listen, like if I, I, I was loving my job, I thought like, yeah, it's a great company, great culture. But I thought that I'm 20, I was 27 at the time. I was in 2010. Uh, if I if I I do it now or uh, with with uh, with this with this guy and my and my other friend Maxime, um, or I wait until, you know, I, I have kids, you know, too. And I, and once the kids grow up, you know, to do entrepreneurship and then, um, and, and, and wait maybe for too long, I think it was a right, it was the right timing. Uh, and so that's really when the decision happened. Like, and, and, and so I decided to pack my bags, fly to Montreal with Ben and Max. And this is how the story started. Wow. And how was it like with your parents? Because I mean, it sounds like, like a little bit of, of, uh, uncertainty there and, and crazy challenge yeah i think that you know like at the time i already had left my like the family uh, nest uh and they're all right now they're they're retired but like they're at the time they were working in switzerland and so i think the the luck we we have in general you know in, in europe is don't we don't end up with uh with with college debt right so we start from we start from day from day one um and so i didn't see this as a as a as a massive risk, like we didn't, we never saw this as a risk because for us it was like, if it doesn't happen, we'll 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 get back to work. That was not the idea, obviously. That we never wanted that, but th we didn't feel like it was that much of a risk for us. We really felt like, okay, we we have the luck of being debt free, um, being able to find jobs relatively easy, um, very flexible, um, you know, in terms of geography, um, and so obviously, you know, it it. it Really didn't feel like risk, but more like like an, an exciting and amazing opportunity. Now, obviously, you guys get together. You go to Montreal. How were the early days like of Talent.com? Oh gosh! So imagine you have uh, you have three guys that know nothing about the industry that try to build something. And yeah, so as you can imagine, it didn't go very well. But like you know, the, 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 we had the right attitude in a sense that we weren't. I don't know, maybe not too smart. I don't know, in the sense that we were not too stubborn into saying that this is the idea and it's going to stay like this. No, we were really with this entrepreneurship mindset where we were like, we need to build until it works. We need to find product market fits. And that's what we did. Like for, 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 for a year at least, we changed the model like every single month. And, and we only started 
everything started to make sense and started to find product market fit when we started to you know like to sell our our services like you know like little croissant you know like sort of like a, a lot of them and also you know like when 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 we started making money while we were sleeping and so that really made then the a huge difference and we were able to scale from that point so so what was that what was that point where you guys felt I think we're into something here. So we, from day one, we knew, you know, we were aggregating contents. And so at, at, the, at the start, you know, the, the, the traditional job boards, you know, such as CareBuild or Monster in the US, you needed to pay to have your, your jobs displayed. And so obviously this wasn't like, because of the model, you didn't have much content, right? On, on, on career sites, on, on those sites. And so what we created was an aggregator that would, you know, scrape and actually index every single job available in 79 geographies, we started with, uh, with Canada at first, you know, um, but like go on every single career site, get their jobs and put them and centralize them into one place. And so that was a bit like, like Google, but in the job vertical, a bit like Trivago, you know, Kayak or Zillow, you know, like one of those like vertical uh, aggregators in the job space. So we knew that candidates liked what we were, that what we built. Um, because there was a lot of content, way more content than on traditional job boards where you had to pay to post. Here, jobs were displayed for free. Um, and so, but really when, when we started to see that it started to work, um, and it, started, it was when we started to monetize. We learned how to get content on our side. We learned how to, uh, how to attract some traffic through SEO and SEM activities. But when we learned how to monetize, it was really when it started to explode. And the monetization was basically pay-per-click advertising. And so at the time, it wasn't the norm in, the in our industry. It was more of a paper post. And so we managed to actually switch to a pay-per-click model where every single employer would be able to measure their recruitment activities and, and, and their, 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 their recruitment budgets that they would spend with us. Uh, and so thanks to that and thanks to this new model that was actually way more cost-efficient and that would help our clients measure the recruitment activities better than before, that allow us to really scale. So for the people that are listening to really get it, what ended up being the business model of talent.com? How do you guys make money? The, the jobs are displayed for free. Every single company, um, we index all the jobs from curious sites, and then we call them and we give them the opportunity to actually sponsor their jobs. And so instead of appearing on page two or page three, our jobs of job search results, they have the ability to appear on top of the searchers and whenever there is a click on there on the on the on the job itself, um, it redirects to the career page of the client, um, and they pay per click. And the the price per click depends a bit like Google AdWords to simplify it because it's exactly the same money uh, the same um, uh, model as Google AdWords. The pay per click uh, and the budget depends. Sorry, the price per click depends on the offer and the demand of that given job, uh, and so it's very specific to the job the type of job and the location of the job. So let's say a truck driver in Raleigh, North Carolina could be at $1.50 a click because we need them so much. And so there's a lot of demand to appear on top of the searches for this kind of job. Hey guys, so pardon the interruption here. I got to tell you that, you know, for those of you that are either looking to raise money or you're looking to get your company acquired, you don't have to be alone. You know, there's a lot of psychology that needs to be blended with strategy, with methodology, with process. And it's very hard and already doing your business alone is super, super difficult. So I remember, you know, back when I was an entrepreneur, I kept really experiencing the challenge of either 
knowing or finding the right type of access to the right type of investors or really understanding what was the right type of guidance, you know, that would carry me through the process, whether it was with seeking money or with going through the acquisition. So that gap that I found being an entrepreneur is ultimately what pushed me later on when I met my co-founder at Pantera, Mike Severson, to really put together an advisory firm where we are guiding entrepreneurs and founding teams through the capital raising efforts, whether you are at a seed stage or at a series A stage, or if you are going through the process of an acquisition and you are in small to mid cap type of cycle. So again, you know, we would help you from guiding you and, and supporting you from A to C all the way to the end as an extension of your team. And there's no reason for you to do this alone. So with that being said, if you would like to find out more, feel free to send me an email at alejandro at panteraadvisors.com and we would love to take a look at helping you out. Now, in your guys' case, it's probably the most unique structure that I've ever come across. So you not only not just have one CEO, you have three CEOs. So it's a co-CEO structure of three different CEOs. I mean, how do you guys make it work? I mean, how did you guys come up with, with, this, with this structure? Yeah, well, it's funny. Everyone, everyone asks this, and, uh, and listen, we, may, we managed to make it work until now. And the company last year built 100 million US. So it's not like it doesn't work, right? It's just that you know we we, we needed to make it happen. So why three co CEOs? First, I think is because we were the three co founders, and we like it always worked uh, this way. We have a bit of a Swiss approach, you know, where you have several presidents, and you know, it's uh, it's actually we feel that sometimes it's a bit better than than two because you know you can there is always a a tiebreaker you know and when 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 you have three um and so we have very specific functions that we that we take care of you know and so i think we're not in we don't we try not to step in in, in every other stoves and so um so far it worked we also realize the limitations of of the the structure our idea was to always um you know whenever we feel that we are you know, like um, slowing down, doing down the company or it's not going in the right direction because of our structure, we would change it. And we, we might approach it at some point, you know, um, the next few years. But as long as it, we, we keep growing, we provide value and we see that the company is going in the right direction, we feel that the, 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 the structure is, is, is okay. Now, in, in this case, I mean, you guys have also raised quite a bit of money. How much money have you guys raised today? So we, we, we just announced last week actually a round of 120 million US um, with another 30 million uh, of debt financing as well, the new bank that we work with. Um, and so that really, that, that's, that's, that's really exciting. We had another round uh, in the past, uh, Series A round of a 50, $53 million uh, round as well, which was mostly uh, secondary, you know, but, you know, uh, for to remove the business angels in the cap table. Um, but today was um, it was it was it was a primary round, and very excited about what's to come. Amazing. So then, in this case, I know that the first round happened in a soccer match or in a football match, as we call it in Europe. So what happened there? Because uh, you even had to it involved the chair of Florentino Perez, Perez the, <laughs> the the president of Real Madrid. Yeah, so this is a this is a <laughs> this is a very funny story. So when we first raised with Business Angels, um, uh, Ben uh, Ben and I were in Montreal uh, trying to figure it out, and Maxine 
um, was actually in, in Madrid. He was actually at uh, the MBA of uh, Instituto de Empresa uh, in Madrid. And, uh, and he was looking for money. He was doing every single, uh, you know, like uh, workshop, you know, from uh, I, uh, about, uh, about talent.com. And so I, after a few months during his MBA, you know, he's, we call it a bit the rainmaker. He managed to, uh, to, uh, to get some um, business angels, um, you know, like uh, interested. Um, and so uh, we, we started talking with them um, and, you know, like when we were about to, to sign. So we flew to Madrid actually to, uh, to, uh, to get them, uh, to, you know, just to meet them and to make it happen. And so, and so the discussions were in English, but uh, I met this gentleman um, who was a, 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 a Spanish gentleman who actually saw my last name and asked me uh, if I was, uh, where I was from. And I said, I was from Spain. And the yeah, obvious first reaction was like, you like soccer? And I said, yes, I do. And, uh, and he asked me, uh, and so who do you support? And I said, the best team in the world. And so he's, and he said, obviously you support Real Madrid, right? And I was, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm a big FC Barcelona. <laughs> and so it was, it was <laughs> taken back. He was a bit upset, I'd say, by the answer. At, at this point, I was like, I hope I didn't say something bad. Get a sign. You know, there's a big rivalry, as you know, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, everything went fine, obviously. But what happened, he said, you listen, you want to see what's going to happen to you. And the next day, yeah, he picked us up uh, with the other business angels and, uh, and, and my two uh, co-founders, Max and Ben. And he took us to the Real Madrid Stadium in the, in the VIP zone. And there's a big table. Uh, and he said, this is... You're going to sit here, and this is where the president of Real Madrid sits, Florentino Perez. And this is the best view of the stadium, so you can actually see the, 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 the best view of a, of, a, of a stadium around the world. And I was, was not impressed, but that was definitely a, a story that sticks with me uh, forever. <laughs> so, so I guess for you guys, I mean, it has been quite an interesting journey when it comes to, to fundraising. Because, I mean, you raised the, you know, this, this initial round. Uh, and then it took you a little bit more time to to really raise the rest. It seems like in the last uh, yeah. in the last year or so, you know, you guys have really raised most of the money. So, what was that fundraising journey like for you guys? Yeah, I think that the, <laughs> what happened is that the first round, you know, like was hard. I think aggregators were not really like um, we were not they were not in in 2011. I think post the post. Um, bubble crisis from 2000 left uh, aggregators kind of hurt um, and kind of old fashioned. But the reality is that really when um, I think the market was ready to adopt them uh, at the largest scale. Um, and so it was a bit, it was a bit hard to raise. Uh, it took us time. And so when we raised, we said the, first, the initial money we raised was 600,000 Canadian dollars. And so when we raised, we were like, okay, uh, we're going to spend the first 200000 is going to be the University of uh, Max, Ben, and Lucas. And, and after this, we have to be profitable, no matter what. So let's make sure we get the industry, we understand the industry, let's make all the mistakes we can. Uh, but after that, the company has to be profitable. Why? Because we, we didn't want to go bankrupt. It was, we were close to go bankrupt right before raising, um, and we had too much fun. So we didn't want to go back to, uh, to other jobs. So the company has been doubling year on year um, and while being profitable. And so we never thought that we needed, you know, to, 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 to raise money. But at some point, you know, we had to run a process also for our business angels who wanted to see the color of the money back, right? So, and this is really when after a few years, we realized, that, okay, maybe it's time to professionalize the company beyond what we're currently doing and, and get to that next level and, and, and bring 
professionals, you know, um, investors on board that will help help us actually take this to another another level. And and that's what we did. But it takes it took a few years. Now, in this case, I mean, what has been because I mean, as you were saying, it took a few years and then professionalizing also the business. What do you think that those investors have brought? I mean, what was the talent.com? prior to really receiving that money? And how does it look like today? What was that transformation? There's a pre-series, there's a series A and there's a series B. So the series A with, uh, with the Caisse Depot du Québec, one of, the, one of the largest pension funds in the world, um, actually one of the largest investors in the world as well, um, they really helped us to get our, our finances right. So I think that was the big, uh, the big thing when they arrived. It's like, hey, you know, like this is, we, 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 we had the revenues of already a, like a large or larger startup, um, but the, the finance maturity of maybe of a smaller startup, and this is where they really helped us get all of our finance department and support department to 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 to, to the next level. Um, and I think this one now, the Series B, is really to get to another level in terms of product marketing and the rest of all the you know market you know product marketing um, and 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 uh, to some extent as well HR really get to all the different functions. Um, to another level. Why? Because before the company was always profitable and there were a lot of decisions that needed to be made um, in order for us to remain profitable. So we'd never had this luxury of you know, investing or spending so much money in all the functions. So the company has been extremely sales driven and in product, we were extremely efficient. We were trying to do a lot of things with very little resources. And so this is something that need, we, we, we saw the need to change because um, there's so much we've got to do. We have so much data. We have 30 million unique visitors that come every single month on our platform. It's 6 million people that find a job every single month, and now, or every single year right now on the, on, the, on the platform worldwide, 6 million. And so there's so much we can do. And we have so little people right now in terms of, in terms of a product and in terms of our product sophistication as well, data sophistication. And so we really felt that you know, bringing uh, right now a VC, a, a strong VC, and that we, that's why we, we brought uh, Inovia uh, on board, um, get us to that next level in terms of product and really be a, a, our partner of prime to grow made a lot of sense. Now, in, in your guys' case too now, for the people that are listening, how big is Talent.com today? I mean, anything that you can share in terms of maybe number of employees or anything else? Yeah, so today we're around 400 employees. Uh, we keep growing. Uh, we're gonna, we have a, a massive plans to hire uh, with this round. Uh, so just this year, uh, we want to hire more than 300 people. Wow. And, and so, you know, pretty much across our geography. So Montreal is a headquarter. We have a, a European headquarter in Lausanne, a U.S. headquarter in Chicago, and, you know, different offices all around. All of IT is in Colombia and Medellin. Well, not all of IT, but a, a big chunk of our software engineers are there. Um, we hire in Barcelona as well um, in, uh, in IT and sales. So pretty much all around the world, we're looking to hire company. Uh, uh, you know, like we last year we built 100 million uh, USD. It's not a secret, and the idea is to keep growing. We have a plan to go to one billion dollar revenues, and the plan is to become you know the second largest job site worldwide. You know, uh, you know Pepsi's to Coke within the next in the next few years. That's incredible. And I know that you guys have gone through a rebrand. So how was that rebrand for you? <laughs> yeah. So you know, historically, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that was a tough one, actually, because, you know, we, we, we knew from day one that, um, you know, when you start in the industry, in the job space, every single domain name is taken. Uh, so Ben actually was browsing different, different uh, uh, 
words and names on on Google Translate uh, and writing them in English, and you know, see what what they would come out in other languages. And we came out with a name called Nuvo uh, with E U N E U V O O, which means advisor in Finnish in Suomi. And so we realized that over the time that it wasn't a, a, a winner in terms of uh, into as much as branding is that. Uh, you know, like, it didn't really help us. Let's put it this way. And so, uh, you know, which we, we, we have doing a big push with the SMBs um, right now when we knew that, you know, that when, when you are in the SMB space, um, if you're not known, you know, if you own a pizzeria, a deep dish pizzeria in Chicago, for example, um, and, you, and you're looking for a cook, you're going to post a job in a, in a place that you know, you know. And so we knew that we needed to get a more appealing name um, that could, that you know, anglophones could actually pronounce. Uh, and so we, 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 we searched for, uh, after the, the Series A round, we searched for, for a new domain name and lucky enough, uh, Tana.com was available. Um, and so, you know, we, we, we were extremely lucky. So we, managed, we put an offer, um, it, was, uh, it was for sale, we managed to get it. And then the really, the very complex part happened in the sense that, you know, we needed to basically change an entire, you know, digital uh, company, uh, or, you know, like brands, so SEO, SEM, all the tools. Uh, and so it's like basically changing uh, the, 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 uh, the aisles of a plane while it's flying. You know, it's, it, it was an extremely difficult task. And I don't think uh, many companies have had to do it. And so um, for us, it was really hard. It took us nearly two years to do it. But we managed to come out of it extremely strong, and I think like we could actually write a book about like you know like what the do the do's and don'ts uh, when rebranding while in high altitude, right? So it's been a tough one. We're done with it now. Extremely happy. Everything went smoothly. Well, smoothly, you know, from the outside it looks like everything went smoothly. The reality <laughs> is we had a lot of challenges, <laughs> but we are extremely happy to have done it. And yeah, that's really amazing. Yeah, that's not easy. So imagine if uh, you were to go to sleep tonight. And you wake up, Lucas, in a world where the vision of talent.com is fully realized. What does that world look like? Yeah. So this is where I think right now the idea in the next few years for us is uh, we are currently, um, you know, we, most of the candidates right now, they are redirected to career sites of our clients. Um, and, you know, the, the, the idea for us is for, to be able to have Candidates stay on our platform, apply on our platform. Uh, and so it, what I'm saying here is to control the application process. But in the future for us, the idea is to control the hiring as well, as well as payroll. And so for us, right now, the industry of the job board industry and the recruiting industry are merging into one. And so the, the base, you have a basically a TAM, a total addressable market, a smaller one of 25 billion and a bigger one uh, of a half a trillion and that is not digitized. And I'm talking about all those, the, the staffing firms, placement agencies that are, are um, basically slowly merging into one. And so we believe that there is a massive play for us into, into, into get into this uh, in the future. But in the meantime, there's a lot of things we got to do, right? But uh, for us, really controlling that process from, you know, from, from someone looking for a job to that higher and payroll uh, is the vision. Now, imagine if I was to put you into a time machine and I bring you back in time to that moment where you were thinking maybe, you know, that uh, maybe you would pack the bag, 
you know, go to Montreal and, and try your luck. Imagine if you had the opportunity of of stopping that Lucas before that Lucas came out the door with the luggage. And you were able to sit down that younger Lucas and you were able to give that younger Lucas one piece of advice before launching a business. What would that be and why, given what you know now? I would say the first one is enjoy the ride more than than uh, the, 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 the goal, you know? I think this is like, Athletes have no problem suffering, you know, like and and put themselves in situations where they suffer, so that because just the the end goal and the end result is what matters. And I think this is a big a big, you know, it really helped us get us to where we are because I have this sense of uh, like sacrifice or you know like sense of we're gonna, we're gonna move fast, or we're gonna do those things no matter what. Um, but I think it's also very important to celebrate and you know enjoy the every single moment around the ride, and the good moments and bad moments, but like. I would say take a step back a bit more a bit more often enjoy every single milestone that happens you know that you go through uh and yeah and, and enjoy the ride more than uh, than you know than just like thinking about compete and, and 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 you know and grow and be number one and those kind of things I love it look at for the people that are listening what is the best way for them to reach out and say hi well Please do reach out. My name is uh, Lucas Martinez. LinkedIn, obviously, talent.com. Uh, email Lucas at, uh, at talent.com. So uh, very happy to, uh, to answer anyone. As you know, we're hiring a lot. So uh, please do reach out. <laughs> Amazing. Lucas, thank you so much for being on the Dealmaker Show today. What an honor. Uh, thank you very much, Alejandro. Really appreciate it. And uh, bye-bye. If you like the show, make sure that you hit that subscribe button. If you could leave a review as well, that would be fantastic. And if you got any value, either from this episode or from the show itself, share it with a friend. Perhaps they also appreciate it. So also remember that if you need any help, whether it is with your fundraising efforts or with selling your business, you can reach me at alejandro at pantheraadvisors.com. You've reached the end of another episode of the Dealmakers podcast. For free resources and materials, head over to alejandrocremades.com. Thank you for listening and see you at the next episode.